Welcome to a podcast of AOC 2020 organized by Dr. Dev Pelajani, Dr. Satyavan Sharma, Dr. Ajit Desai and Dr. Akshay Mehta of the Academy of Cardiology Mumbai. This podcast is produced by therightdoctors.com digital knowledge partners to the event. Coming up, a talk by Dr. Brian Pinto on coronary angiographic patterns in coronary artery disease. Thank you Dr. Pelajani. Thank you, Ajit, Dr. Satyavan Sharma, Akshay, uh, and all of those who invited me over here. <coughs> this is a, a topic, I think, which is uh, very important because when we talk of a condition like Minoka, we're actually encompassing a very broad kind of spectrum where people may have coronary artery disease or may not have coronary artery disease. And that is what we really need to know. We need to understand that this is a condition in which you may be talking actually of pulmonary embolism on one side. You may be talking about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy on the other side. And you may not be having anything to do with the coronary arteries and just the troponins are elevated. So I think it's quite an important uh, kind of situation. What is not understood by people mostly is the fact that women have coronary artery disease and they die of coronary artery disease much more than they die of cancer. It's always thought that uh, people, women are dying of cancer, but if you look at breast cancer, you look at uterine cancer, you look at coronary artery disease, it's totally different. Coronary artery disease is the biggest killer. One in three women die of that. And in fact, if you look at it in the United States, 400,000 women's lives are lost each year because of heart disease or stroke. The prevalence may be slightly different, but still 20 crore women suffer from coronary artery disease in our country. And if you were to look at the risk factors, you would see that women have a little more hypertension, have more diabetes when they have coronary artery disease. So not the fact that they present a little later, as Akshay had pointed out, but the fact that if you have risk factors, they are going to present as early. And one more risk factor, which I think I need to add to what he said, is the consumption of oral contraceptive agents. In fact, they lose much of their protection if they smoke and they use oral contraceptive agents. And I think that's important to keep in mind. This is once again the international uh, lookout to say that myocardial infarction occurs at 64 in men and 17 women. It's uh, I think a decade earlier in our country. But the important fact to state is that medical attention to women, especially in our country, is extremely poor. You would often see a woman not getting an, a PAMI. You would often see a woman not receiving thrombolysis. And you would often see misdiagnosis in women. So the impact is much more because in women you see many more complications. You would see patients who go into heart failure much more frequently in the female sex than in the male sex. You would see uh, cardiomyopathies much more frequently and obesity, though it's a risk factor in men, it's a bigger risk factor in females. Smoking is a bigger risk factor. If women smoke, they have more disease. It appears that the pathophysiology is different. In fact, if you do CT coronary angios in these patients, you would see that women have smaller diameter vessels. Uh, they're less likely sometimes to have obstructive coronary artery disease. But it's important to realize that in spite of the fact that they have uh, not, so, not so much of obstructive coronary artery disease, the fact that many of us misinterpret that when we do an angiogram and they come up with non-obstructive or they come out with normal coronary arteries, we tend not to investigate them any further. We get them back into the cath lab sometimes three years later, four years later with the same symptoms, 
do the same angiogram then and do not do anything further than the same angiogram and then we continue to re not to realize these women have a high risk of morbidity and mortality and that's what i need to really concentrate on akshay had already pointed this out that if a diabetic is a woman then she has a seven times greater risk men may have two three two to three fold similarly if they smoke they have a much bigger risk than men have after the fifth decade of life you would see that you know cholesterol levels because of the men, uh, the menopausal kind of symptoms cholesterol levels equal out and in fact you would see more obstructive coronary artery disease in the older women you would in fact see more diffuse disease in these people and certain things like triglycerides lp little a in fact become even more predictive of disease in these people uh though premature coronary artery disease in a first degree relative of a female is certainly much more important than a male first degree relative so if a woman has her mother or if a woman has a sister suffering from coronary artery disease that is highly more predictive and there is in fact another test that all of us must keep in mind just because you get a negative stress test but if the mets that they cover is hardly 5 then you must realize that these people are at a higher risk of mortality than one who covers 8 or 9 meds that's important whether they have st segment changes whether they have chest pain that's not important if a 6 minute test walk test or if a stress test is done and the woman cannot walk for 5 meds that's a bad prognosis autoimmune disease must also be considered quite commonly in female sle sle causes a very high risk of a myocardial infarction more in a woman than in a man and a higher risk of mortality now this fourth universal definition of myocardial infarction needs to be touched upon the important fact is to remember that 1 2 3 4 5 is all common what is different is that in one you have obstructive or non obstructive disease the pathophysiology will be the same whether it be erosion of the plaque or whether it be rupture of the plaque but whether it causes non obstructive disease or it causes obstructive disease is what it divides into 1a or 1b but what we must all realize that in all these situations that we talk about the symptoms have to be there non ischemic ecg new ischemic ecg changes similarly imaging or one of these not the enzyme elevation alone because if you get enzyme elevation alone it may be a non coronary event there is where the diagnosis of minoca actually differs and what we must also look at is what is a type 2 mi where we talk about a difference between supply and demand very often the patient may be having a hypertension or a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy atrial fibrillation pulmonary embolism and you will have an elevation of the enzymes you will also have ongoing chest pain now do you label this as myocardial infarction or not according to the fact that you have elevation of enzymes you have chest pain you will label it as a minoca if you do an angiogram after you you only call it minoca after you have the specific diagnosis of a uh, angiography having been done now this is what ischemic heart disease gets covered into one is the stable coronary artery syndromes and the acute coronary artery syndromes and when you have it as a non obstructive situation you may either have an infarct or a non infarct and if you have an inoca it's basically without the infarct and if minoca is with the infarct this is a very important slide actually it shows you in about five this was this was published i think from in the indian heart journal and it shows you that in a good percentage of women that means in almost about 20% of women overall they would have non obstructive young women almost about 
if you look at obstructive is only about 35% whereas non obstructive is much is much larger elderly women the opposite but very important to say is that you will find a large number of women who have either non obstructive or normal coronary arteries and the further investigation of these people is extremely important it's also clear that when you have an infarct the the territory of distribution is usually in the lad left main is quite small but lad is the most common artery to be affected now what is the esc uh, position on this the diagnosis of minoka is made it's a broad based diagnosis you must remember it has to fit the universal criteria of acute myocardial infarction there should be non obstructive coronary artery disease and no clinically overt specific cause for the acute presentation this being said minoka with non coronary artery with non obstructive coronary arteries would be seen in about 6% of all ami patients in the us alone almost about 50000 to 150000 would report with this uh, it accounts for about 20% of of type 1 mi's more frequently seen in younger and in women more likely to present with nstemi less likely to undergo pci so on and so forth now what we need to look at and this slide once again points out to you that is not a benign condition look at mortality at 2 years mortality at 2 years for obstructive coronary artery disease is in the range of about 8% whereas for minoka it's in the range of about 4.6% so it's not a benign condition this is very important to understand because we tend to sometimes not treat these patients adequately we tend not to follow them up as you can see in the next slide you look at a patient who's come to you a 55 year old woman clearly the diagnosis of an acute myocardial infarction non obstructive coronary disease no apparent cause for presentation send her home after you've done everything that is the problem i think we must this thing so what's next what should we do what should happen and the thing is that we should treat it analogous to heart failure further evaluation regarding the underlying mechanisms just not leaving that patient alone so here's what we need to think these are the possible situations you could have plaque disruption you could have vasospasm you could have spontaneous dissection you could have thromboembolism microvascular dysfunction and supply demand mismatch so you must in your mind bring yourself to think that you will have one of these conditions and you need to touch upon them what is a very important area which we miss i think in our uh, you know in our situation is not to do an mri in many of these patients i think we fail many of our patients by not doing a cardiac mri but there are other situations if you strongly feel that this patient has got a thromboembolism for example she's had somewhere else an embolism in the in the leg then you must do the thrombophilia screen you must similarly you may have to do intravascular imaging you may have to do intravascular imaging to pick up non obstructive lesions which you think are there or you may have to do provocative testing where you think there's an evidence for coronary artery spasm but clearly the most important test which is missed is that of an mri and the mri can tell you a lot you can come to coronary causes you can come to non coronary causes you may have vasospastic coronary microvascular disorder plaque disruption and in the non coronary causes very often you may miss a myocarditis uh, takotsubo is picked up quite often by echo other cardiomyopathies the squid syndrome is also there we picked up a patient of squid squid syndrome the other day where classically you have the basal segments which are 
not contracting and the apicola contracting. So you have those kind of situations. Very often the diagnosis of pulmonary embolism goes away. Renal impairment where you think that you know patients troponin levels are very high, creatinine 4. These are the patients whom you may have also missed in that particular kind of situation. So the etiology of, of Minoka is, is, has to be looked at from non-coronary and coronary causes, increased right heart pressures, for example, pulmonary embolism, structural heart disease, myocarditis, microvascular dysfunction, thrombophilia, all of these must be looked into. It's a key investigation, as I mentioned, that CR imaging may pick up for you, for example, the echo may be normal, but you will pick up very often a subendocardial infarct. You have a minor lesion here like this in the LAD, and if you do a MRI in this patient, you will see that this patient has a subendocardial infarct, and you then get the diagnosis of this being an event. The troponin was elevated, minor lesion in the LAD, patient has had an event. So we need to go further. For example, Minoka is very heterogeneous. It's, a, it's just a working diagnosis. You may have EMI as the cause, uh, myocarditis, a dilated cardiomyopathy, so on and so forth. And here are where we can look. 40% are because of plaque disruption. Another 14% thrombophilia. Uh, maybe because of uh, you know positive pro pro provocative test in a, a good number of patients. Those with a microvascular spasm and 20% may have SCAD as Aksha had talked upon. Young women, especially in the pregnancy situation, may develop spontaneous coronary artery dissections and these also must be looked at. We had a patient in that time when I was in Holy Spirit Hospital presented to us with SCAD. She was pregnant, she had, uh, she had SCAD, she had an infarct and she's following up now and it's important to understand that these are the patients that also need to be treated. From the 27 large registries that we can see out over here, we could see that uh, the, uh, the incidence of, uh, of, of epicardial causes is, is important in the diagnosis of, of Minoka. Uh, you have the, the coronary vasospasm may need to be picked up by provocative testing, as I have already pointed out to you, and I won't go into details of that, but in a certain group of patients, we need to do that. Uh, coronary dissection, SCAD needs to be picked up most probably by IVIS or by OCT. Uh, coronary thromboembolism may occur from various uh, sites like the valvular vegetations, cardiac tumors, iatrogenic air emboli. Sometimes when you're doing an angiogram or an angioplasty, you may cause an infarction. Uh, microvascular disease needs to be looked, looked at. We very often misunderstand microvascular disease. What we are looking at are the epicardial vessels, which are only 5% of the circulation. We have to look beyond the epicardial vessels and realize that very often we may be dealing with my microvascular spasm. Uh, Nicorandal sometimes is the treatment of choice in these patients, and that may help in, in microvascular spasm and help for these particular situations. The treatment options differ depending upon what you really come about. For example, if you had in, uh, you know, intravascular imaging and showed you a myocardial infarction, you may have to do PCI. On the other hand, if you have coronary dissection, it may be a conservative line of treatment for spasm, uh, calcium antagonists, so on and so forth. Uh, other other treatments. So it's not a benign condition as you can see in this particular slide the in-hospital mortality for Minoka may go up to the extent of 1.1% and at 12 months it may be up to 3.5%. So this condition has to be looked at more seriously than we have looked at it so far. Uh, Coronary dissection can be a cause, as I pointed out, and we have spoken about it already. Who gets it? Who gets these, 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 these CADs? It's undiagnosed, as you said, in number of patients, but you can see 
that the causes causes of SCAD are seen more often in in women. Uh, it's seen in younger people. It's seen in patients who are pregnant, and and these are the various conditions where you must look at 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 SCAD as their causes. You can see recurrent pregnancies, fibromuscular dysplasia, uh, systemic inflammation, and one of the precipitating stresses which I must uh, clearly tell you is intense exercise. Uh, people go in for marathons, people go in for heavy weight lifting. These are the patients who can sometimes develop spontaneous coronary artery dissections. These are not traumatic dis dissections. Traumatic dissections in the aorta and the coronary arteries are different from what is the SCAD presentation of these, of these particular patients. They can present in different forms. They can present with a full infarct. They can present with unstable angina. They could present with cardiogenic shock, a cardiac arrest and even death. So it's not at all a benign condition and can occur, occur recurrently. Uh, you may need beta blockers for these particular patients, treatment of hypotension, uh, look at the uh, precipitating causes like emotional stress, psychological stress, and they may have to avoid hormonal therapies, sympathomimetic drugs, so on and so forth. So in the end, I would like to say that uh, women and heart disease are different. The heart attack uh, symptoms may be, may be different, but maybe even the same. Uh, you must look at uh, screening for them on a regular basis, get screened every year. Not just like they go for their pap smears and they go for their mammograms, they need to screen for heart disease also. Ask questions about your heart health. Remember that women die more commonly of, of heart disease than of cancer and it is the number one killer in those things. The risk factors are clearly seen as menopausal, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, polycystic disease and these are the women at higher risk and should take greater care of themselves. Thank you very much for your attention. You are listening to a podcast from AOC 2020, organized by Dr. Dev Pelajani, Dr. Satyavan Sharma, Dr. Ajit Desai and Dr. Akshay Mehta of the Academy of Cardiology, Mumbai. This podcast was produced by therightdoctors.com, digital knowledge partner to the event. We bring insights from the world's best medical minds to audiences worldwide. The Right Doctors is a Google Launchpad digital health startup and is a knowledge partner of choice for medical conferences, CME, specialty journals, and scientific events from the field of medicine. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends and visit our website www.therightdoctors.com.